What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. All right, it's Dexter time, guys. Sexy Dexy. You know, I'm kind of torn. Sexy Dexy. About how I want to go in, you know, my mood for this podcast. Because Dexter was a show that I absolutely loved. Like, I loved Dexter. Watched it every week. Watched it with my friends. I was the type of person that was like, oh, I'm going to get like a mug with blood spatter all over it. I'm going to go get those. They made these like coasters that were like blood slides. Huge fan, right? Like, you're a huge fan if you're going to overspend on... Sounds pretty positive so far. Yes. However, I think they ran the show too long. And the season finale was probably the worst season finale of all time. I'm not going to go into it now because that's going to be another segment later when we talk about season eight. That might be a whole other podcast. (laughs) Oh, I believe it might be. Um, But, you know, when we go and we review these shows that have been over for um, years, right? Like we just did The Wire. And, you know, The Wire was a series that I watched numerous times. And, like, just going back and reviewing specific scenes um, and, you know, character moments and things like that. Like, I just felt like, oh, man, like, I missed that. I missed that scene with McNulty, you know, and Bunk. Or I missed this character or whatever. Or, you know, thinking about Breaking Bad. Like, just, like, the shows that I love, right, dramas and stuff like that. Like, I reminisce about those shows. This, I would have reminisced like you know from the beginning because i just loved it but like now going back and reviewing stuff i'm like oh yeah okay but like i just don't get that same feeling of excitement as i had at the beginning well i I can kind of speak to that i think because i was really late to dexter i i literally got into it in 2012 i think it ended in 2013 um and it was because when we were in college like i didn't watch like dramas i was more into comedies i didn't really it just never really crossed my radar and never had Showtime. And then we moved into this apartment and we got Showtime for free for three months. And we literally binge watched seven seasons of three months. And it was just one of those things where it was just so exciting at the time when you first saw it. I don't know that anything could ever live up to that because it was so different. And those moments, those cliffhangers at the end of each season of Dexter, how can you how can you match that when you rewatch it? You already know basically what's gonna happen afterwards. Like I remember watching it. I we were in like season two. And there's, you know, five more seasons or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, he's going to get caught. Like, but that can't happen. But that's how good the show was. So if you were watching it in real time, I just don't think ever going back to it can live up to that. When did you start watching, Steve? Yeah, I started pretty early on, um, maybe like second season and and blew through all of them and then kept up with it as it aired for the most part. It's just I think it's one of the last shows of its kind where it it's sort of like i mean it's a lot like breaking bad in that it's just so good with the cliffhangers like if you were watching it in real time you had to wait you know another year to find out what actually happened or whatever and they'd leave you on this hanging thing and i just i feel like maybe this is just you know old man coming out at me but i just feel like they don't really do that as much anymore or shows just don't have that climactic event like dexter or a breaking bad ad or if they do it just doesn't have the same weight to it like a lot of shows have cliffhangers all the time but it's like really like that person is gonna die like 
that seems so arbitrary and and forced like yeah you were just so invested in in the characters in Dexter and even like the the seasonal characters in Dexter where they just did such a fantastic job with it I think you do have a lot of shows of cliffhangers now but I don't think you have a weekly I don't think you get that weekly break right like Dexter was a weekly show so something would happen like oh shit he's almost caught and then you'd have to go wait another week to see what would happen but the cliffhangers now there's no weekly cliffhangers because everyone's binge watching stuff right um you know there's cliffhangers on like stranger things right who knows what happened with hopper i don't know is he in russia maybe maybe not maybe he's dead who knows but we're gonna have to wait like a year and a half look at all the stuff um you know with game of thrones there was a bunch of cliffhangers but it was a week-to-week stuff sometimes it was a season yeah maybe i maybe i'm wrong in saying there's not cliffhangers i mean there's game of thrones and all that that, that's definitely you know had that but cliffhangers are tricky because obviously it's a tool to just encourage more viewership on the next airing right but you get fucked over with a bad cliffhanger i'm gonna bring up the walking dead with the death of or the fake death of what's his name glenn glenn right just a horrible guys just just horrible horrible cliffhanger we'll probably do the walking dead at some point so i'm not gonna get into how asinine that was or how shit show of a fucking show that wound up being but um yeah there was a lot of cliffhangers there was a lot of excitement and i feel that it was so strong the first like mm, five seasons uh and then it just like tailed off at the end it got so repetitive right so like one reoccurring theme throughout the show was like they like Dexter's gonna get caught. Like he's like literally a split millisecond away from getting caught. And then like he like magically thinks of an excuse, his way out of it, at the very, very last second. And that like was fine a couple times. But I feel like throughout the series it happened like twelve fucking times. Well yeah, let's let's compare it to a show like Breaking Bad, pretty similar premise, uh someone leading a double life the the real nice guy that you wouldn't normally suspect has this crazy murderous double life um and they knew when to end breaking bad and they did it correctly and part of keeping a show like this going is it makes the premise more and more ridiculous and unbelievable the further you drag it out because you know the first three or four times he narrowly escapes being caught it's like okay that's just dexter but then you know, the 8th, ninth, 10th time he narrowly escapes being caught, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And the thing I like about Breaking Bad is anytime that Hank got out of stuff, right, because he was almost caught so many times and got into a lot of trouble, like, he would be fucked a lot. And then you would see him freaking out and then finally come up with some solution like two days later. It wasn't like, oh, Hank's on to me. I know exactly what to do. I'm going to blackmail him and record this videotape. Like, no, like that didn't happen instantly. And like with Dexter, I feel like no matter what happened, like, oh, like, uh, you know, the cops are on, on their way and I just killed this person. You know, I just watched a clip where they were, he killed someone in a dock and they were, they pulled up and they're like, why is Dexter's car here? And he just like walks out like, oh, hey, what's going on? Like, I just got here early. Uh, you'll never believe what's going on in there. A bunch of dead people. And sure, is that a clever way to get out of it? Yeah. Is it believable? 
Not really. Yeah, I mean, it got to a point where I think in like the seventh or eighth season, he had a kill room at the Miami International Airport. I was like, what? How, how the hell could he pop the place where there's the most cameras probably on the planet? An airport. Pre-9-11 murder room in an airport? Maybe. Post-9-11 murder room in an airport? I don't see it happening. Not likely. <laughs> so the one thing I did read about this, too, and I didn't, I actually didn't realize this before I started doing some research and reviewing things, that this show was based on a book series. Has anybody read those books here? I have not read the book. Uh, I heard it's. I heard it's a really good book, and they had talked about. Is it a book or a series? It's a single book. It's a single book, and the first season um, is is based on the book. And after the first season, they go off the book and write their own stuff. Uh, it. I think the book came out in '06. I want to say, and originally they were going to make it into a movie. But they didn't think that they were going to be able to convey Dexter's character um, in just, you know, 90 minutes. And, you know, a lot of producers just thought it would be like another slasher film. So they were pitching it as a as a TV series. Do you know who the frontrunner for Dexter was before Michael C. Hall? Will Arnett. No, that would be pretty pretty awesome i can actually see will arnett as a serial killer to be honest with you um uh, you're thinking to him of like bill Hader. <laughs> it's kind of similar oh, bill Hader's good i can't wait for fucking uh barry to come back i i don't mean to call you out chris but it's definitely a series there's eight of them there is uh, that's what i thought i i saw i read book series yeah and the first season is based off the first novel for sure but i don't i don't think the rest of it is well you know what the YouTuber that made that clip that I watched five minutes ago is fucking wrong. <laughs> what? The internet is uh, wrong? Man. <laughs> How could this be? I know. Someone on YouTube? Yeah, this is crazy. So, um, but the front runner for for playing Dexter, let's get back to that, Jeremy Renner. Because I guess he had played... Too short. Too short? <laughs> He's too short to be a, a believable serial killer. How short is Jeremy Renner? He's like five six. He's not that short. Go look up. He's go like, look up how tall Jeremy Renner is. Okay, let me run to my encyclopedias and go look it up. He's he's five nine. Go. That's go a lot. Anyone that's five nine. Anyone that's five nine is actually five seven. He's one inch shorter than Michael C. Hall, who's five ten. And I, I could actually kind of see Jeremy Renner because he is a night nice, like he's a super nice guy in a lot of stuff that he plays. So it. It it would make sense, I think. Is Dexter a nice guy? Uh, he on the I mean, surface, he brings in he's donuts. a nice guy. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So so Jeremy Renner, I guess, had played, and I I don't know if this was a movie, documentary, TV thing, or whatever, but I guess he played Dahmer in a, in a role previously, and so that's why they really wanted him to do it. And he liked the opportunity, but he thought that he would just kind of get cornered as a you know, actor who plays serial killers. And so he said, no, you didn't see this on the YouTube video. You just watched, right? It, I just want to make sure. I, I mean, I did, but I was actually, you know what? You trust this they one. They mentioned it in two different YouTube videos. So Steve, therefore, get a fact check. two people on the internet can't be wrong. Uh, that's, that's fair. You know that what I mean? Like one person. Yeah, no, yes. But two people. Yeah. No, no, not possible. I still find it crazy in Dexter that, um, Michael C. Hall and is it, Karen Carpenter? Jennifer. I have terrible names. Jennifer Carpenter. 
um, that they were married and divorced during the show. Like how they're able to work together after that is still it's wild to me. And he and he went through cancer during the show too. I mean, there's some crazy behind the scenes stuff that must have gone on with the show. It is it is insane to have an actor go through something dramatic like that and be able to continue to work. You know, look at Veep. Same type of thing. Yeah, or um, Game of Thrones with Amelia Clark had all those like brain aneurysms, and she was just describing how like she could barely function. And you know, these guys like multiple. Yeah, she had like like uh, I I don't know necessarily know if they were brain aneurysms. They may may be something slightly different, but okay, I, I for just, for sorry. the sake of this conversation, she had a couple brain aneurysms. Like I think uh, season after season one or something like that, and she's like really young. And she'd have surgery. She didn't really know she was going to, like, live or die. And then she didn't want to, like... It was right when Game of Thrones was uh, blowing up. And she had to come back and, like, do a, you know, a 14, 16-hour workday. And she would just pass out on the bed because she couldn't, you know, have any energy. It was, it was crazy. So I got to imagine Michael C. Hall, you know... Um, I mean, he lost all his hair. Yeah, he had a wig. At the time, five, I, mean, I believe. Yeah. It's wild. Pretty incredible. And again, he's able to work with his ex-wife that they got married. It's just, it's just a whole crazy story. Do you, because who really has done much outside of Dexter, like the main characters? Jen, Jennifer Carpenter, really? Has Michael C. Hall even done anything outside of Dexter? I mean, before Dexter, he was big. Well, so. in Six Feet Under, I never saw that, but. I actually never watched that either, but I'm told it's good. Didn't he play like a gay mortician? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being a gay mortician. <laughs> no, I wasn't inferring that there was. <laughs> he played John F. Kennedy in The Crown on Netflix, which I can kind of see that. He looks a little JFK-esque. Oh, yeah. I think he's doing... I think he's... Yeah. He was in the movie after Adderall. Mm. Oh, which sounds like a winner. Speaking of Adderall, Jennifer Carpenter was in the TV um, version of... Why can't I think of the name? What's the movie with Bradley Cooper and he takes the drug and makes him really smart? Uh, Limitless. Limitless. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, so... <laughs> Limitless, uh, you know, they made a TV series after the, the movie and Jennifer Carpenter was in that. And that show was fucking awesome and they canceled it after like two seasons or one season and it's such a shame. Man, it seems like the shows that you like just get canceled. You know what it is? I feel like it's, it's like the... The CBS, what what show, what um, network had lost? ABC or CBS? FXX. No. I think it was ABC. Yeah, I think ABC. Like, they just try to get like all these like, sci-fi ones, and it's just hard to get an audience. I don't know. Like, I, I feel you can, you can make a show about two ditzy girls working in a diner, and they're going to get, like, 200 episodes out of it. And it's well. That's two broke girls. Yes, I'm right. specifically okay. referring. That could to be two, anything. I'm specifically <laughs> referring to two broke girls, right? Which is okay. like a horrible show. Um, it's syndicated. It's 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 crazy. It's like one of the top shows in Japan or something. It's nuts. Uh, I mean, good for them, right? Like, if if you're not, hey, I'm gonna produce like a Emmy award winning show that's gonna be like talked about for years, and you're just into, hey, we got a bunch of fans and we're banking. That's cool. Every time I think of Two Broke Girls, I just think of my godfather. He comes over for football games like every Sunday, and a commercial for Two Broke Girls would come on. He just every single time he's like, you know, it's actually a pretty funny show. 
and he has terrible taste in, in TV shows, so it's not surprising. Shout out Uncle Ken if you're if you're a listener. So, anyways, back to Dexter. Um, <laughs> um, before we kind of jump into the seasons, because this is going to be another one where we kind of go through season by season, let's talk about characters. Who are some characters that you guys love in Dexter? Let's take Dexter out of it. Oh, he's definitely not a character I love. Really? Oh, definitely. I'm not putting Dexter is going to be mentioned in a second, and he's not in the love category. Whoa. Okay. Um, I'm going to say two. And they're tied. Mizuka, and I know he's probably on someone else's list. I knew you were I gonna, knew you were gonna, gonna, knew you were gonna be Mizuka. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. Fuck yeah, I'm Team Mizuka. You guys are Team Mizuka? <laughs> I love Mizuka. Uh, yeah, can no, I guess sure. can I guess your second choice? Yes. Is I'll it Angel the- is it Angel? I was gonna say Bautista too. <laughs> no. Bautista Okay, Bautista, can I guess another Bautista one? Bautista would probably come in third. Okay, one more Can guess I guess here. another one? Quinn. No, he's on my fucking hate list. I love yeah, Quinn. Oh, I hate Quinn. Oh my god, dude's De- Deborah. awesome. Mizuka and Deborah are my two favorite characters. Oh my god, I hate yeah. Deborah. She's on my hate list. I like Deborah. One, I just have a crush on Jennifer Carpenter. Number Ugh. number one. Don't even Ugh. don't even make those noises. We, you guys are lucky that we're we're uh, recording this remotely because you guys would get punches in you got, the you face. Got terrible taste in theoretical women. women. Jen- Jennifer Carpenter is not good looking. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, Dan, you're kicking Jennifer Carpenter out of bed. Okay. Good thing we're recording this. Hey, it's not would you, you do her. I it's is that, she hot? You know what? Okay. I hope that she <laughs> randomly shows up in a bar and I'm with you. And I and, and maybe you try to hit on her. I'm be like, hey, hey, no, 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 no. He said that he would kick Why you would out I of do bed. that if I don't find her attractive? Uh, no, because you would. <laughs> you're so full of shit. But no, okay. I like the she just fucking swears. She swears probably as much as me, and I'm, you know that's why I don't like her. It's a potty mouth. But that what's that's what makes her cool. She's an interesting character. I mean, a little slow figuring out the whole Dexter thing, but <laughs> <laughs> understatement okay. of the century. Can I can I can I just input something on why I don't like Deb too? Sure. Before we, I, I just I hated her reaction to finding out about Dexter. She became this terrible character after she found out about Dexter, and I could not stand her after that. I, there's the one scene, I think at the end of like season six or seven, where she 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 kills Laguerta, she shoots her, shoots her right in the chest, and then immediately runs over screaming, "Oh my god! Oh my! You shot her in the chest! What did you think was gonna happen? Like I just could not stand. Like I think she definitely was great in the earlier seasons, but she became so annoying." When she found out. And then didn't her and Dexter, didn't she like fall in love with him? Yeah. That was the worst shit ever. And they weren't related. I know, but they basically were. <laughs> they had a lot of chemistry. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with okay. it. It's fine. Okay, so, so that's my input okay, on that. Okay, so that's, who are your I favorite mean, characters? Uh, I, Dokes. Dokes. I mean, he had a short run, but I mean, I love, surprise, motherfucker. Like, everything about Dokes was great. And the way he went out was so good. Loved him. And then I also had uh, Bautista. And I put Quinn on there because, I mean, the dude had game. I just respect the game. I liked him. But I also don't remember that much about him, to be honest. I kind of just looked up some highlights. <laughs> some NSFW highlights. Yeah, I like uh, Bautista and... Uh, oh, my God. What's the guy's name we just said? Quinn Mazuka. Mazuka, thank you. Um, Vince. Because they kind of lighten it up a little bit. Um, 
my third choice is kind of a cop-out, but I'm going to choose uh, Arthur Mitchell as... De- as uh, or, sorry, John Lithgow as Arthur Mitchell in the Trinity Killer season, but we'll... I'm sure we'll discuss him. I, I would have later. Said, I, he would be on my list if I if I knew he just that wasn't around was available, long enough. But yeah. you know, I was trying to go. You know, we're going guest stars. Okay, I'll go Colin Hanks then. <laughs> what about characters we hate? I already said Deb. I'm also going to throw out Laguerta. Could not stand her. She was like sexually harassing Dexter at first, and then she just she I just didn't like. It. She was with Bautista at, right at a point, or no Dokes. She was with Dokes, right? Yes. Okay. I don't think they showed it. I think it was like previous. Implied. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know who I hate? Dokes. Now, gra- <laughs> okay. Granted, surprise motherfucker, one of the greatest lines. I say it all the time. So that one quote, awesome. That makes him though. But the rest of the time, I'm watching clips between him and Dexter going back and forth. Fuck this dude. All right. Good, good for him for being a good cop, for figuring shit out. Okay. Fucking this dude. He was such a good challenger to dexter though he knew him he read him like a fucking book i love the one guy that can just look at him because i feel like i'm that guy i can look at somebody like that's a fucking serial killer okay and i'm on dope side because he knew him knowing what was up but he just annoyed the shit out of me i didn't like his fucking mustache he was just a fucking idiot like not like uh he was smart but he just acted like just well fuck you dexter give me this fucking blood analysis now this is exactly what happened motherfucker like i don't know and I hated Quinn. Quinn was a, but Quinn I love was a that tool. He tried to hit on Bautista's sister. She was hot. I know, but he just was like drunk and was hitting on her all inappropriately. That's, that's not nice. Who do you hate, Steve? Uh, I hate Deb a lot um, for all of the reasons previously mentioned. I also am not a huge fan of Jimmy Smith's character, um, Miguel. His whole arc just felt really forced. Um, I love Jimmy Smith's the actor, but I was not a huge fan of him on this show. Didn't he play like a lawyer? What did he? What was he? He was the district attorney, I believe. Something to that effect. Uh, no, he's, assistant assistant district he's attorney. Known assistant for to the Amy district Santiago's attorney. Father, actually. Yes, that's so. okay. Which ties together the Brooklyn Nine Nine and Dexter universes, Universe. obviously. I don't hate that. So the one person. I, I forgot to mention that I hate is Dexter when he's not killing people. When Dexter, like, well, he's a great cop though. No. I mean, he's great, not a cop, but he's a great blood analyst. When he flips the switch and he's not his normal dude, or I guess even pretending to be a dude. Like the whole theme of it is he just can't seem to figure out how to act normal throughout the whole entire series, and he talks about it a lot in his stupid little fucking monologues in his head, you know. But like. When he's, Stupid. when he's, yeah, I got tired of it. Some of it was cool, but I got tired of it after a while. And just like him trying to like interact with someone on a very, very basic level, just like would annoy the shit out of me. But then, do you like this but show? Then he would flip his switch. I said, I hate Dexter when he's not killing people or when he's not being aggressive with someone, right? Like when he's being aggressive, he's about to stab people. That's who I like. But I just don't like when uh, he can't like answer a basic question. Someone's like, "Oh, you want some? Um, you want some butter with your bread?" And like he just like can't answer a question, or he just acts fucking weird. I don't know. Or like when he goes down on Rita without her permission. That was an awkward scene. 
I I don't remember that scene. <laughs> you don't? Uh, super awkward. Uh, Speaking of killing Dexter, though, do you guys have a favorite kill of his? Kind of putting you on the spot, but I wrote one down. Well, you tell us yours while we think of one. Um. Okay, that's fair. Um, I go in season three. He kills Nathan Martin, who's a pedophile. Um, he he bumps into him because the guy is talking to Aster, uh, Rita's daughter, at the you know at the store, and then Dexter like immediately walks up to him again. He like knows he reads him like a book. He's like something's not right. Ends up hunting him down. Sees him at the beach taking pictures of Aster and other kids, and then shows up immediately at the time when the guy happens to be looking at the pictures of Aster. And then, you know, strangles him, puts him out, ends it with, nobody hurts my children. And then the best part is, is as he's dragging the body out through the kitchen, his whole excuse for getting away was that he needed to go get some milk. So he stops and takes the guy's milk. And that's part of the <laughs> part of his whole, uh, his whole routine. I just thought that was a really, it showed sort of a human side of him. Like he actually does care about some things and he's protecting his cubs. Yeah, the, the first one that comes to mind for me is season one when he kills his brother the the ice truck killer because it's it's like okay like this is how this show is going to be like you know obviously he deserved it for everything he had done but it's like dexter's gonna stick to his jacked up moral code you know not making exceptions for for family and that sort of thing so it's like set laid the law down early on in the the run of the show I'm forgetting a lot. That that was a good kill. I, I I do agree that was a good kill. And there's probably like a hundred kills that you know he's he's done, and I'm forgetting a lot. Like I'm you know obviously, uh, the Trinity Killer, killing Lithgow, and then you know kind of the aftermath of what happens with Rita. I mean that was a great moment there. But and this wasn't a great kill. Like there's probably better kills where like you know like Dan's example that was a good situation. But I just really thought it was satisfying when uh, I think it was season two. Uh, was season two with Lila, the like pyro chick, and I forget all all this like something happened where she like takes the kids or something at the end and like tries to set them on fire. Um, oh, I remember it was because uh, she she was the one that killed Dokes, right? Yeah, so she kills Dokes. And then something happened where she was trying to set Dexter on fire and, like, leaves, gets away. And you're like, oh, that bitch got away. But then Dexter's like, no, you didn't. Like, the fact that he, like, hunted her down in another country and then fucking kills her, like, was impressive. Like, that was cool. I mean, it wasn't like that was just the end of the... Because I don't think they showed her death. Like, I think that was just the end, the last, like, scene of of the season. But it was just a cool thing to happen. So... So do you guys want to run through the seasons of Dexter? Yeah, let's do it. Well, uh, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Season one, which I know most people, this is probably how we're going to go through it. We're just going to go by the serial killer that he's sort of versus because it seems he's always in, you know, some situation with another serial killer. So the first season is the ice truck killer, also known as Brian Moser, also known as Dexter's brother. So... Uh, this first season was based off Jeff Lindsay, the creator's uh, first novel, um, and sort of established the tension, or the show's mix of tension and humor as Dexter tracks and pers- 
a perfectionist killer who's revealed to be his long lost biological brother and Deborah's boyfriend. So that was sort of the sort of mixing of worlds we sort of first see in the first season with Dexter and Deborah, where we see how stupid she is and how many dumbass mistakes she makes. She gets engaged to him um, on a boat. There's the whole thing, and she gets end up ends up in this season being tied up just like Dexter's victims, and he ends up saving her. Um, and in the end, he ends up killing his brother in the same manner that he killed all of his victims by slitting his throat and inverting him so all of his blood leaked out inside of a freezer. So, again, to Steve's point earlier, sort of establishes that this show is going to go there. So, what did you guys think of the first season? I I like the first season because, you know, it introduces the premise. And like you said earlier, this was, you know, an original premise. You know, people were telling me, like, hey, did you check out the show Dexter? It's a serial killer who only kills other serial killers. And, you know, that intrigued me. Um, and to be honest with you, I really like the intro of the show. I like him cooking the ham and the eggs and making that blood orange. Like I would just get really excited about this intro to the show. Like it's one of my favorite intros, uh, of all time. But, um, I thought, I thought season one was good. You know, I thought that they did a good job of establishing who Dexter was. Um, you know, Dexter's character definitely changes, over uh the next few seasons like seasons one he's just like basically like you know i'm not a normal person like i can't you know they're they're kind of introducing his relationship is he i don't know if he's dating rita at the time in season one yeah but he is you know because it's part of his normal side yeah, right like it's like he's got this fake uh normal side to him right where he has to pretend to have a normal relationship with rita and have you know, pretend to have normal uh, relationship with his coworkers and sisters and things like that. Um, and he's really this, you know, the serial killer. And the only thing I didn't like about season one is like the, oh, it's my long lost brother. And he's also a serial killer due to the fact that he sat in blood. And apparently, if you sit in blood as a child and witness your mother killed, you're a serial killer. And the only reason he was born it, he was born into blood. Well, well he, the only reason why too is like they they um uh, they loop back. They have a callback to to that scene in season four with Harrison sitting in his mom's blood and watching his mom, right? And he's worried like, oh, my mom's gonna be or my, you know my son's gonna be a serial killer because he saw his mom dying. So like. That aspect of it, like, was weird to me. You know, like, I want some research to say, like, how many people have seen their mom get killed and how many people have grown up to be circular? Do you have seen your mom get killed, Dan? You raised your hand? No. No. Your mom is alive and well. I was making up. I was going to make a point. Yeah. She's alive and well. And That's okay. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, Chris. Um, the interesting thing to me is it, it kind of... N- nails home the point of like okay here's dexter supported by harry and here's dexter without harry so it's like this is what dexter can and would have become without that that guiding force helping him channel these feelings inside of him to i mean i'm not going to say use them for good but to 
at least handle them a little more productively. Yeah, what did you guys think of Harry overall? I mean, is he a good person? Is he what what are your overall thoughts on Harry? Cuz I mean, he sort of bred this serial killer for his own purposes. I mean, we we definitely find out later in the later seasons, you know, how much influence he had, but he basically instilled this into a person who lived his entire life by it and killed, you know, based off his um little plates of glass there well, a lot of people i mean on paper it seems fine however and i'm not able to re- it does i'm not able to recall specific cases but there there was people that dexter killed that were outside of the code you know what i mean like uh Guerta. well he didn't kill her actually he was going to but you know there was a lot of you know uh times where i think um I think that uh, there was just no reason or other ways to handle things and Dexter wound up killing these people. Um, and I don't know. It just kind of was, oh, you're a bad person, so therefore you get killed. You know, I feel like if you're a serial killer and you're killing like 30 innocent people, sure, go ahead, kill them. But, you know, I mean, wasn't there a couple cases where it was like some dude and he like beat up his girlfriend or something and like Dexter would kill him? You know, I mean, I'm just pulling this out, you know, out of my ass. But there's got to be, I know there's cases where that, that there was people he killed that didn't meet the code. And that's kind of. Yeah, and th- that's kind of the genius of this show, because that brings up two big moral questions. Like, one, is the world better off with or without Dexter? And two, it gets into the morality of the death penalty, right? Because it's like who decides whether people deserve to live or die for the things that they've done? Like, where do you draw the line in terms of severity for deserving to die for the things that you've done? So it's it's kind of genius in the way that they instill all these complicated social themes into one character. And I, I think that's a really good point, too, because my favorite kill was of this pedophile. He didn't He didn't kill anybody. He didn't escape law. Even the character himself, he had been arrested. He was on the, you know, he was on the list. You know, he was a registered sex offender. But Dexter took it into his own hands because even, you know, the code of prison, you know, pedophiles are the lowest of low. So, yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Well, you know, this is a good segue into season two. And I'll let you read the synopsis of this in a second, Dan. But season two... um. That focuses on, you know, the uh, Bay Harbor Butcher, right? Um, Who essentially is him, right? They find his uh, stash, I guess, his, you know, you know, tomb of bodies that he would bury in the bay. And um, it's learned by the public that a lot of those dead bodies are bad people, murderers and things like that. And you know this bay harbor butcher becomes sort of this glorified vigilante and you know the public's going back and forth like well maybe it's a good thing so you've got a lot of meta going on um you know with the show talking about the you know analyzing of basically the theory of dexter if that makes sense um but uh what's the you know give us the official synopsis of this danny 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 boy 
Um, <laughs> I'm sure your mom calls uh, you Danny. My family does, but no one else. Um, so anyways, uh, second season is basically one of the main storylines is Dexter dealing with a hostile Sergeant Oaks. And he's also got an FBI agent on him, Agent Lundy, um, who's closing in. And basically, he's all, and Dexter is also dealing with an unstable girlfriend in Lila. Um, so most of this season is actually him sort of scrambling around to survive. Um, when I was watching it, this is the first time I was watching it again. I mentioned this before. It's season two. There's five more seasons beyond it. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, he may he may actually get caught this time. Like, how the hell are they going to get him out of this? Um, Deborah is also struggling to recover after the ice truck killer attempts to murder her. And then we see Rita and Dexter, uh, we see Rita sending Dexter to Narcotics Anonymous because that's sort of his cover for what he's doing is that he's an addict, um, similar to her her ex-husband. And then season two, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Chris, um, they find all of Dexter's bodies and they're basically hunting him and he's essentially on the case as well as a as an expert trying to fend off the closing doors of, of the law. And then this is the season we also see dopes get the ax. You know, I think it was, I don't know. It was kind of bittersweet with the whole dope situation, right? So dopes is the only motherfucker smart enough to figure all this shit out. Right. And when he does, Dexter catches him, makes him a prisoner and then, you know, frames him, right? And then, like, everyone's like, oh, I guess it's Dokes. He's the, you know, Bay Harbor butcher. And, like, I just feel bad for the guy. Like, because, like, honestly, like, he was a good cop. He's trying to, like, stop a serial killer. He figured it out on his own, right? And he gets fucking And he's mur- known the whole time. Yeah, he gets fucking murdered. Which, his death scene, though, is one of my favorite scenes in the show. Because there's crazy Lila standing there about to let him out of the cage that Dexter essentially locked him in to get away from him. And then she goes and turns on the propane, turns on the gas, and Dokes knows he's fucked. Then she drops the key just out of reach, but he's able to reach it. He gets to the key. He gets through the door. He gets to the door to get out. She had blocked it. He runs over to turn off the stove, and boom, the whole place just explodes as she's driving away. Such an awesome scene. It was a great scene. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love Dokes, that was like, I remember watching that with my buddies being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Just the way they did it. It was so great. Yeah. I mean, if if I'm going to die, like getting blown up is Hell pretty yeah. high up on the list. Hell yeah. And I think it's one of those ones to Chris's point, too, where this is early, so it was fine when it happened. But like Dexter like was right there when it happened. And then he was right on the scene before everyone else got there, too. Like he was, this is one of those things like, how the hell? Because they were like out in the Florida Everglades or some shit. Like they were way out there. But Dexter happened to be there. Uh, Steve, how many uh, possible ways of dying are on your list? Because getting blown up would not be high on my list. I don't know. I feel like I, I bring that up a lot because I, I think in the Chernobyl episode, I, I said I wanted to get locked into a lead coffin and then buried under 10 feet of concrete. If I didn't say that in that episode, I was definitely thinking it. So, And those two go together. So that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You're consistent. Yeah. I mean, did you guys enjoy season two overall? Yeah, I literally have a note here that says, I enjoy the season because it's mostly Dexter out of control. Um, but at the same time, he's also like totally in control. Like he's not just going on random killing sprees, but he's got, he doesn't have control of his life. He's dealing with Rita, sending him to Narcotics Anonymous, her family troubles because her husband, her ex husband comes back into the picture and he's a mess. 
and it's just he's still you know he's still going out and hunting people and doing his his thing on the side too it's just it's it was a pretty wild season overall you know, don't you just want to tell rita to be cool like rita be cool just get off dexter's case so what so she's so sweet though she's very sweet but it's like she's so sweet so, yeah she is pr- she's pretty cool like yeah, yeah. But she gets all she... mad that dexter framed her ex-husband and he went to jail and died like so what well, he wasn't again a, on paper. He, that doesn't sound great. He wasn't that good of a dude. <laughs> so what, Rita? Just ch- well, then chill th- then she should be okay with his serial killing because he doesn't. You know, he kills pretty bad dudes and <laughs> pretty bad people. Maybe she would have been okay with it had she survived to see, which we'll talk about in season four. All right, season trace. Yeah, this was a pretty forgettable season. Um, this was the main serial killer. Um, was the, the Skinner. Um, he was a tree trimmer, uh, largely, largely forgettable for the most part. But uh, during the season, Dexter kills a man in self-defense and initiates a friendship with the man's brother, which is the assistant t- district attorney, Miguel Prado. In the meantime, Reed discovers she's pregnant and Deborah investigates the murders of a new serial called, killer called the, the Skinner, hoping to gain a promotion to be detective. In addition to Smith's, Dexter's third season introduces two recurring cast or recurring characters. Deadman Harrington is Detective Joey Quinn, Chris's boy, uh, who becomes Deborah's partner when he's transferred from the narcotics department to the homicide. Oh, he's a dirty cop too, isn't he? He's dirty as fuck. Yeah, I forgot about that part. (laughs) Um, And Anne Ramsey as Ellen Wolf, a defense attorney whom Miguel detests. Um, So yeah, like I said, I I don't have too many details on this season just because I, I didn't didn't really remember a whole lot and uh, it was a forgettable season yeah you know i I barely remember this this tree uh trimming motherfucker i i barely remember him um you know uh this is the introduction to jimmy smith's but this this was a mediocre season at best agreed yeah i don't really have anything to add um for season three i said this season was kind of boring and it seemed about dexter and rita more than dexter versus another serial killer which in my opinion that's sort of that's definitely a negative i like when when dexter challenged when he's running around when he's doing his thing and it just seemed like there was just so many outside stories in this season that it just wasn't very memorable and i think that's probably the best way to describe it i find it interesting though that season three is the number four best rated season according to episode ninja yeah, that sounds right. I mean, yeah, generally, if you're talking about this show, the first four seasons are good. Therefore, even the weakest of the four is better than some of the later seasons. Well, the, the uh, highest rated season better be season four. And the highest rated season on Episode Ninja is actually season four. Boom. That's a shocker. Because it is the best season, not just the best season of the series, probably one of the best seasons of a TV show, in my opinion. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think this is up there with some of the best seasons of television ever aired. I Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. It was just fascinating from the start to the finish. Uh, when you have John Lithgow, who I, I, I didn't look this up and I probably showed up, but I believe he won awards for this role, right? As a as a secondary character or as a guest character. Like, he won. We should, we should discuss awards when we're talking about these shows, whether or not they get Emmys. I mean, I know Michael C. Hall's been nominated for... Uh, best actor and things like that who knows if he won or not but um you would assume that lithgow would have gotten an emmy for a special guest because it it was amazing 
He did. He got uh, Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series Emmy. He got Best Supporting Actor in a Series, Miniseries, or Television Film, Golden Globe. Uh, he won. He was nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award. Okay, so he won a lot. Yes. He <laughs> was definitely recognized for his role in this show, as he should be. And so the sort of synopsis of this season, um, John Lithgow um, is a sadistic, as the sadistic trinity killer, and his whole thing is basically he cradles them, his victims while nude in the bathtub, and kills them and makes it look like a suicide, um, which is is just wild. And then the, the finale, you know, we'll kind of dig into the details about the rest of the season, but um, the finale reveals that Trinity has murdered Dexter's wife Rita. And in one of the biggest shockers, I think, of the show, and it and it also sort of mimics Dexter's whole born into blood thing because his son is sitting on the floor of the bathroom soaked in water that is full of his mother's blood. Yeah, and I, I think something you skipped over is John Lithgow's character is like a super nice family man, uh, Christian, all that good stuff on the surface. And something that I really enjoyed about this season is they really showed his life like without Dexter interacting and I know Dexter came in and sort of pretended to be a family friend and all that stuff but they almost could have made a television show about John Lithgow's character in Dexter um you know sort of a I know I keep mentioning Breaking Bad but that family man on the surface double life going on is is fascinating I agree um (laughs) Yeah, season season four is definitely the best season. Um, for me, it was also just such a roller coaster of a season. Like there was so much that was happening, but it all it all kept you on the edge of your seat for the entire season. And then it's just another instance with the show where we're watching it, we're binging it, me and just a couple buddies, and the final scene of the finale, the cliffhanger, everything about the that finale. We just went nuts. Like it was, it was just one of the craziest watching experiences I think I've ever had because it all just came to a head. There was a there was a car chase. Dexter got in. He had a body in the back of the car. There was just so much that happened this season. So essentially, like they t- so BTK killer I think was like this dude that was like part of the church, like great family man. So essentially, Lithgow's character, right? Um, the Trinity killer, and uh, this they you know took pieces from this real life BTK killer. And he was like, you know, this really nice Christian dude that went around killing people. But I mean, like Lithgow was just amazing in like all his scenes. Like he just portrays this like, you know, crazy duality of perfect sweet guy slash serial killer who could just be like, you know, flipped and then this like aggressive and go stab someone. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I thought for sure when we were when we were watching it that it was gonna like somehow turn out that Lithgow was Dexter's biological father. Like I thought they had so many of the similar qualities that I thought that for sure that was gonna be the the whole the whole story. Oh, that's a good theory. Yeah. I mean he could still I guess it could still could be. Had you guys ever seen John Lithgow in anything before this show? Uh Harry and the Hendersons. Third yeah, the, from the, the only thing I yeah, the only thing I had ever seen him in was Third Rock from the Sun, and he like that's a super weird, zany like '90s sitcom. Um, so yeah, it was really shocking to see him in this role. He was in uh, the Pelican Brief. 
Just a little fun fact. He was also in, uh, I think, Encounters of the Third Kind. If that's a thing. And there was a movie that um, Rita and Dexter were watching in like season one or two. Which could have been a coincidence, but... Yeah, so I also think the crazy thing about this, the finale for this episode, um, was that Dexter had this whole plan to get his whole family away to safety. He finds Arthur, or he finds, yeah, he finds Arthur, chokes him out until he faints, brings him to the bomb shelter where he's going to kill him. After disposing of the evidence, he returns home, and then he finds out that it's already done. Like, that's what was so crazy about it, was that he had gotten to him. He So we're sitting there as the audience thinking, like, okay, it's all good. He got him. Dexter's back to normal. And then he comes home to find the voicemail. And then hearing Harrison's cries, he races to the bathroom to find Arthur's last victim, Rita, in the bathtub. And Harrison bawling in a pool of blood on the floor. Which is just... It was just such a crazy... It was Again, it's just a roller coaster. Absolute roller coaster that last season. Especially the finale. Yeah, and I, I think you nailed it earlier, Dan, when you said this was one of the most shocking moments on TV. Maybe... I don't know if I would say ever, but it's it's definitely up there. Um, definitely at the time was crazy. Um, and I think part of that is because you thought the season was wrapped up, happy ending, boom, like not so much. Yep. So then moving to season uh, five. Um, this season, we deal with the barrel gang, barrel girl gang um, as the killer, the guy who kills women and puts them in a barrel. That's all I got on that one. Um but uh, the main, the, one of the main things that sort of starts the season is that we're seeing Dexter sort of deal with the fallout from um, Rhea's death, how he's dealing with everything with the family. Um, we're introduced to Joey Quinn, who is immediately suspicious about Rhea's death. Um, he, you know, he's he's just not he's suspicious of Dexter from the start. Um, and then we're also introduced midway through the season to Lumen Pierce, who is played by Julia Stiles. Um, and she was one of the survivors of the barrel gang, barrel girl gang. That's that's sort of a mouthful. The barrel girl gang killer. Um, and Dexter sort of takes her, him, or excuse me, Dexter takes her under his wing and they become sort of a tag team when it comes to killing people. Um, and at one point, uh, Deb actually walks in on them midway through, uh, one of his, you know, killings. And it's behind a curtain. It's one of those sort of unbelievable scenes like Chris mentioned earlier where it's like, how the fuck could he not get caught? Um, she's standing there, tells him to drop everything. They think they're screwed. Deb is, I don't really remember the circumstances behind it, but she essentially just lets him go, um, saying, like, the police will be here in an hour. I would suggest that you not be, and sort of lets him off the hook. I, don't, I honestly don't really remember how the season five ends. I don't think it was that exciting. I do remember Julia Stiles because she's just great. She's great in everything. That's a that, that's a good addition. Yeah, I know. I, I, that's all. <laughs> that's all I had really. Like, um, you know, I do remember that it was it was a little awkward, uh, just because like, you know, you've got Dexter. He's taking Harrison, so he's trying to struggle raising you know a kid, and he can't really be normal himself, and he's supposed to be normal as a parent, which affects the you know, bringing up of this kid. And then, uh, what's the daughter's name? Aster. That's mm-hmm. a horrible name. Um, well, she's a horrible little person. She is. She is. She sucked. Um, but, uh, 
what because she went to go live with the grandparents right i think so yeah yeah so that was just kind of awkward or whatever it was but um yeah i forget what happens to lumen do you guys remember what happens to lumen in this uh season she like decides she doesn't want to kill people anymore and then fails takes off yeah hmm because she she was on like a rampage to get all because there was multiple people that tortured her and whatnot so it was sort of their thing to go together and and get all of them and then when she got all of them she's like all right i'm good and sort of moves on. So, how about season six? Who's the, who's the killer in season six? Well, that is a good question, Chris. Um, this again, uh, this is the Doomsday Killer. So, this one is more memorable for me for sure. Um, this is Colin Hanks and and Edward James yes. almost. You mean Jacob James almost? <laughs> a little how much mother reference there. Um, so this was a pretty convoluted season. This was very complicated. Um, it sort of culminates with Deb finding out about Dexter's secret. She walks in on him, um, killing Colin Quinn in the, or in the, um, in the church that he was sort of working out of. Um, we also see, um, Quinn, become an alcoholic or his alcoholism sort of takes over. Um, there's a creepy computer programmer at one point. I don't really remember that. Um, we see Dexter sort of intermingling with Trinity's family for some reason. Wait, is that a creepy computer programmer named Chris? I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. Um, and, uh, and contemplates religion as two boring apocalypse obsessives, Edward James Almost and Colin Hanks. Oh, but one is imaginary, which is weird because no one's imaginary in the show. Um, yeah, they create like over the top tableaus that lead them on this crazy chase that winds up with Dexter killing him, Deb walking in, and boom, the season ending. Another one of the big cliffhangers that uh, that Dexter sort of left out there. Because didn't this cliffhanger get like? ruined like in the previews or something like i heard something that it got spoiled early on so this wasn't that crazy of a ending no i don't remember it being that kind of crazy yeah no i don't know and colin hanks is someone who i don't know how i feel about because i kind of love him or like him and he's an okay actor but not a great actor and I just want to be like, your dad's such a good actor. Why can't you be better? But he's Tom Hanks. But then he's he's super nice. So then I'm like, no, he's cool. Yeah, I I think he's a good actor. Like he, I like him in pretty much. Like I was excited to find out he was on this show. Um, but I don't know something about him in this show just didn't feel right. Um. Yeah, it, he just so Edward James almost was someone that Colin Hanks's character killed and wound up being dead the whole time, right? Yeah. Yep. Is that what you mentioned? Like he was in the freezer. Yep. And then he was just talking, like he was like in Colin Hanks' imagination. Okay. That's Correct. What, yeah, it's coming back to me now. That's coming back to me. Yeah, this was an okay season. This was an okay season. I mean, this. 
you know, I feel like season, like, five is the start of a decline, right? Like, I feel if this show had made a clear um, stance on only doing season five and maybe season six, wrapping up everything in season six at the latest, they would have done a much better job. But instead... But then we wouldn't have gotten to see Yvonne Strakowski. But they could have brought her in earlier or something like that. I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like these were some unnecessary, drawn-out seasons. I think they tried to go really, really deep with this season. Almost like, and this is before True Detective, but this whole season reminded me of True Detective, where it was this massive puzzle of very confusing things that all sort of fit together, but it takes you a while I, I mean, I'm just only speaking for myself here, but I, I remember stop, you know, finishing an episode in season six and being like, the fuck just happened? Like, there was plenty of those where, and, it, and that was never really the case with Dexter in the past. It was always, you know, it was always pretty pragmatic in, in its approach. And I think they definitely took a swing here. And I don't think it was bad, but I don't think it was, you know, nearly as good as uh, as the earlier seasons. Well, let's move on to season seven because we need to finish season seven so we can talk about how fabulous the series finale was. Wonderful. I love it. Um, so in season seven, we see Deborah sort of dealing with the fallout from learning about Dexter's secret. Um, spoiler alert, she does not handle it well um, because she sucks. Um, we see Dexter spearing with a vengeful Russian mobster played by Ray Stevenson. And we also see that LaGuerta is, instead of sexually harassing Dexter, is um, sort of on his tail and sort of starting to figure him out. Um, we're also introduced to Hannah McKay, played by Yvonne Strahovski, um, who is a woman with a green thumb and a daughter? No, no. Dexter's got the kid. Yeah, no, but she's she great gardener, great greenhouse. And this is also the season that we see Dexter set up the um, kill room at the Miami airport. So um, this one, though, the serial killer was or the one he was against is the Russian mobster, the Isaac Serko guy. I don't mean to bring this up out of place. (laughs) Do you guys remember the giant? Who's the giant person that Dexter was up against? Do Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it was someone that he was hard to kill, right? Yeah, it was the guy from uh, The Longest Yard, the newer version. The guy that doesn't talk. Oh, my God. Chris Rock. Adam Sandler. <laughs> no, he, he talks a lot. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to... Back to season seven. Um, this one, again, I, I just, there wasn't very much that memorable happen in my eyes besides um, seeing Yvonne. Yeah, this is, this is when I personally stopped watching the show, uh, which is unfortunate because I was excited for... I'm going to butcher her name, Yvonne Strahovski, because uh, I I love the show Chuck. She's fantastic in that. We should probably do an episode about that in the future. Um, but yeah, this is kind of when they lost me. I was watching it as it was airing at the time. I wasn't binging, and I, and I stopped watching. Yeah, so she tries to kill Deborah in this season, apparently, and winds up going to jail and, and escaping. Oh, shit. We didn't even talk about the fact that LaGuerta and Batista got married. But then they got, totally forgot they about got that. divorced. And this is the season they get divorced, yeah. And Batista kind of becomes a bitch. Um, Joey Quinn proposes to Deb this season, um, but she says no when they break up. 
And the reason for that was because Deb got a promotion and couldn't date Quinn anymore. And his pattern of bar hopping, drunkenness, and one-night stands is just not really up to her standards anymore. You know um, why the show suffered is there wasn't really any sort of, like, secondary storylines going on, right? Like, a little bit, but they just did a a horrible job of telling those secondary storylines. Therefore, I feel the character development suffered, right? Like, Mizuka. They, he would talk about all this crazy, sexy shit, right? But, like, they never really took any of his story outside of, like, the Dexter environment, right? Or Bautista with, you know, he was married to Nina, and then his his sister, uh, I don't know if she, I don't remember if she was working for the police station or whatever, LaGuardia. I mean, like, those were secondary storylines, but I feel like they were still ingrained with, like, wherever Dexter was, right? There wasn't, like, you didn't really see scenes of, you know, uh, Bautista at his house doing stuff, or at least that I remember, or if, you know, uh, they did, they weren't memorable enough to, like, build sort of, like, character development. And I think that, like, the characters were were unique, but they could have been better, you know? And then even times where they would, like, show Deborah and, and uh, Quinn... Like, I don't know, like, you just didn't really care about it. It just felt, like, too too focused on the character development of Dexter and not the character development of the secondary character. Yeah, and I think the the, the big moment of this, and I love the title of the final episode of this season, is Surprise, Motherfucker. Surprise, Motherfucker? I don't think he says it like that. I'm saying um, like that. Um... But uh, in the finale, Dexter is confronted by La Guerta. Um, she tries to bring him to justice. Um, he, she even shows him, she shows Deborah the surveillance video implicating him in, in a murder. Um, at that point, Dexter decides that his only way out is to kill La Guerta. Um, he lures La Guerta to the scene where he killed another person. Deborah shows up. Again, this is where I just, my, it just does not connect with me. She is standing there agonizing whether to shoot Dexter, whether to shoot LaGuerta. She shoots LaGuerta and then runs to her sobbing as if she witnessed her getting shot instead of actually pulled the trigger shooting her. But personally, I was happy to see LaGuerta go. I don't know how you guys feel. But Adios. So yeah, season eight over, or season seven overall. Yeah. You could see, I remember at the time thinking like, because they were in season six, they were renewed for two more seasons. So it was like at the end of season seven, it's like okay, we only got one more season. Let's let's, let's hope it's a good one. Speaking of the last season, uh, the main serial killer that he is sort of up against, Dexter, or or that we're in sort of seeing the other side of, is the brain surgeon. So um, one thing that I don't, we don't necessarily have to discuss this in length, but um, it's interesting. To kind of talk about the showrunners, creators of the show that had complete control of the show versus shows that were definitely, you know, in it, you know, controlled by the networks, right? And how uh, decisions throughout the series were made, and you know, maybe decisions to extend uh, a show for too long or make specific decisions. Um, with the writing of the show that like just made the show poor quality, right? And I really think that you know, and I've said it 
before, like, you know, this, this series was really drawn out. So, you know, I'd like to research, you know, was this a show that, you know, really the Showtime wanted to keep going and they just said, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to throw some more seasons at it. Um, you know, versus show where you've got showrunners that like demand control, right? Like, um, uh, Vince Gillian, the man's control, right? Like he he won't do a show unless he's got final say of stuff, right? He wants to do five seasons of Breaking Bad, he'll do five seasons of Breaking Bad, you know. Same thing with um, uh, we just did The Wire last week. Um, Aaron um, like name spacing. Aaron Judge, Aaron, outfielder, Yankees. Yes, Aaron Judge, the mouth of baseball. Um. But uh, it's just interesting, right? And obviously, like, you know, The Walking Dead is a is a prime example of that. But just interesting to see, like, you know, I would like to sit back and do an episode of of shows that definitely the control was more on the creator of the show versus the network and their successes either way. So let's go into season. It's a, it's a mouthful of a title of an it episode. It is a mouthful of a title. We'll think of something catchy. Don't worry. Um, but see, so it's in, it's just, it's interesting that you bring that up because someone that I wanted to bring up is a gentleman by the name of Scott Buck, uh, who was the showrunner of Dexter for seasons six, seven, and eight. Um, Scott Buck now, which we'll get into this uh, after we discuss the end of the series, is now known as someone who just drives shows into the ground. So he was also the showrunner for uh, Iron Fist on Netflix, which uh, was widely disliked. Um, and he also was the showrunner for another Marvel show called The Inhumans, which was originally supposed to air for three seasons and was then canceled after one season because it was so terrible. Okay, so season eight, got myself a summary. Um, in season eight, Dexter meets a neuropsychiatrist and psychopath expert, Dr. Evelyn Vogel, who actually ends up revealing to Dexter that she helped guide Harry towards creating his code uh, that, that, that Dexter operates under. Vogel feels threatened by a new serial killer in Miami, who's known as the brain surgeon, who's begun killing people and leaving fragments of their brain on top of her doorstep. She confides in Dexter, hoping that he will use his skills to hunt the killer down. Meanwhile, Deborah's become a full guilt-ridden mess since murdering LaGuerta. She demands that Dexter leave her alone and stay out of her life and is the only one that if blamed for her action, or and she and he is the only one to be blamed for her action. Slowly but surely, however, Dexter and Deborah manage to reconcile with the help of Dr. Vogel. But not all is well when the brain surgeon begins to imperil Dexter's potential future with a visitor from his past. I mean, you know, we'll talk about why this season was garbage and why this season just fucking tainted a pretty good series but um i you know i do remember the the i i do remember the psychiatrist you know because last time we left hannah she had escaped from prison she tried to kill deborah like i just don't remember like what exactly happened that they got back together um and you know like obviously people were closing in on um so what happened was they were Miami Metro started investigating Hannah McKay, um, who was partners with this guy Wayne Randall. Um, Hannah comes back to visit Miami to help the investigators in the investigation of Wayne Randall's murders. Um, she leads police to the bodies of couples killed by Wayne Randall, but Dexter realizes one of them was murdered by Hannah herself. 
Um, I oh, that's what it is. He he gets her on his table, right? Like she comes back to help. He finds out that she actually did one of them. He gets her on the table, and then they bang. Remember, she's naked on the table. Then he goes instead of stabbing her, he stabs the side, cuts all the plastic, and then they hump. Now it's all coming back to me. Yes, I do recall that scene. That was a very uh, artistic, cinematic <laughs> scene. Um, but you know, look, all right. So let's just let's let's just get at it, right? This fucking series finale. Yeah, let's what jump kind in. of horseshit is this? And I'm sure how great I, was I'm it? I'm sure there's probably whole episodes just designated to this fucking episode of how horrible it was. I'm gonna blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind here. I like the finale. No, you didn't. Oh, hold on. thousand percent. Hold on, audience. thousand percent. I have a hold theory. I have is, a theory. This is Dan's awesome Dexter theory. Go ahead, Dan. Can I, can I just explain to you my theory? And by my theory, I mean one that I saw on Reddit. Um, Dexter, first of all, I, I have a very strong belief that Dexter is coming back. I have a bet with my buddy Dre. Shout out, Dre. That within 10 years of like two years ago, so within eight years, did the math there, uh, within eight years, Dexter will be back for $5. I say that because my we, we all know that he, you know, if you've listened this long on the podcast, you've probably seen how it ends. He ends up being a lumberjack up in the Pacific Northwest. The theory is that Dexter is punishing himself by forcing himself every day to use the object, a.k.a. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Chainsaw, that killed his mother and that he witnessed. So that is his punishment for all the terrible things he's done. He's forcing himself to use the object that killed his mother. And in that context, I don't hate the ending, especially if they somehow bring it back, because I want it back. I think that is giving the writers way too much credit. I what? don't think... This is the writers who wrote the Trinity character. Like, what? I don't think... Any, I don't think that level of thought was put into that ending whatsoever. Oh, so you think there's like, oh, let's make a lumberjack. That'd be cool. I would narrow it down from this episode isn't even bad. It's the last minute of the episode, which is the lumberjack scene. It's like, just leave that off. Make it questionable. Did Dexter die in the ocean? Did he survive? Just end it there. That's a fu- not an amazing ending, but that's a fine ending. Like... What do you mean? Did Dexter die in the ocean? He didn't. Go, he went in the ocean. I thought he just sent Deb on the boat empty. No, he was well, on the boat. Yeah, he cruised out like as the as the hurricane was coming in, dumpster body. Um, oh, he faked his own death. Yeah, I like that. That's very Dexter. Yeah, but they could have just left off the lumberjack scene. And but it why? Been okay. Why are you saying that the writers don't get credit? I I disagree. I think that's I think that's deep as hell, and I think the writers on the show were deep as hell. I think that is someone trying to find meaning and themes where there is. None. So in your mind, they just said lumberjack. Let's let's fucking do yes. it. Yes. Bullshit. No way. No way. Sorry. I think they're. I think that is going to be part of his comeback story. That I'll be like one of the first scenes they're going to be like is me Harry being like, all right, man, you've done this for ten years now. You punish yourself enough. Let's go. Let's go start killing people. Let's find your son. Let's team up with Harrison. Let's go. I think they will retroactively use that theory. To oh make, come on! To make so it someone seem on less Reddit, terrible. Someone on Reddit is gonna no way. So I uh, I read that I don't know if it was the showrunner for the first four seasons or it was the writer of the books that had the idea 
they wanted to end the series that it appeared that Dexter wakes up and that everything was a dream, right? So obviously that's a shitty-ass cop-out. But then it really turns out that he wakes up and he's on the execution table and he's about to get injected and uh he's sort of faced with all the people that he killed over the years and then he's executed and it ends um maybe not a great ending but certainly not any fucking worse than this shit like okay so first see this reminds me this reminds me of sopranos though it's just it gets you talking and you know what it keeps you talking so that it can make a comeback in five to ten years the soprano okay a lot of people dislike the sopranos episode and and it got people talking, right? So I think they did that with the intent of we're going to leave the the series to, um, uh, to the viewers to interpret, right? But this was just like I don't know. The story was just like poorly executed, right? Like, what was the point of killing Deborah, right? What was the point of her? You know, they didn't have to kill fucking Deborah. Yeah, her character sucks. You know, at that but point. the show's over. Why do you need to fucking kill her? Keep her alive. Because it's going to come back. Because it's going to come back and they don't want to be working with an ex-wife. Steve, you just rewatch the uh, uh, episode or you just watch it for the first time. Like, why did he have to take her to the ocean? That's where he put all the bodies. Blood clot and died or blood clot and it was brain dead. She was brain dead, right? So he killed her. So he, I mean, yes, she was brain dead, but she was in the hospital and he pulled the plug literally um and she died so and he, why would he somehow just... smuggled her body out of the but hospital why? and dumped her in well, the ocean. it was it was hectic there was a hurricane coming. yeah okay so you, you... just take bodies what so he was like, hurricane i don't want to leave her here so she gets buried and have a funeral and people can you know mourn i'm gonna take her out to the eye of the hurricane and just dump her body there and not only that okay so this guy is all about precision and planning right and he plans to get away with um hannah and harrison right and i actually like their relationship right hannah is a serial killer he finally finds someone that understands him loves harrison and they have the ability to go off and make this new life together like you know Either you show that and you give the, okay, the the arc of this guy is done and maybe he's done. I don't know. Maybe he's done killing. Maybe he's not. Do you show like a final scene of them and like, because where do they go? Like Paris? Buenos Aires? Like, you know, do you like show a scene of them, you know, in some little cottage in South America and maybe he looks up something on the computer of like a local guy who's like you know killing people is he continuing to be that serial killer i don't know i think that dexter is your ideal anti-hero right like he's a bad guy but he's really the hero of the show and you want to see him go and if you kill them okay that's fine right but you just leave them in the woods like what is the point of leaving them up in the woods so he can fucking chop wood right like because it's gonna come back no, it's not going to come back. And the I'm only telling you it's why going it's going to come back. I know it's going the to. The only reason why it's going to come back is because the fucking networks are out of ideas and they're regurgitating. No, they set it up perfectly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was perfect. No, what would have been perfect because what Steve said, you just fucking leave it. Did this guy die in the hurricane? I don't know. You know, like the point that like, like if you're going to leave Dexter alive, if you're going to leave him alive, 
Why the fuck do you put him in fucking Portland? Right? Why? Make him meet up with Hannah or make him like on his way to the airport or something, right? The fact that he's in Portland and go fuck your theory. That's probably not what they were thinking. It's a good theory for them to go do a show. I'm not saying it's a bad theory for them to come back with the kid and doing that, you know, whole, you know, 360 thing of now he's Harry and my kid's me, right? Not a bad theory, Dan. But that's not what they were thinking and they could have ended it a different way. And it just ruined Dexter for me. I was I was mad for months. You could not say that that's not what they were. You cannot say definitively that's not what they were thinking. I'm sorry. You can't. You don't know what they were thinking. I was not mad for months. I I thought it was actually. I thought it was. I thought it was. Pretty so, good. this show ended in 2013. Yes. Why haven't they brought it back yet? It's been six years. Because it's. It's a timing thing. Oh, okay. So the writers were like, we're going to go set up the show to come back in 20 years from now when Harrison is older. Yes. And Michael C. Hall is just out of work. Yes. And hopefully alive and hasn't gotten cancer back. That's exactly what they were doing. I mean, you got to take it to that level. My point is they didn't fucking think about this, right? I'm not saying your theory is bad, right? I'm not. You think they didn't think about this? You can't say they didn't. If think you about say this. I'm sorry, this is a that's that would be a good way for the show to come back. I agree with you on that point. But these motherfuckers weren't thinking about this. They were just like, "Hey, <laughs> you keep saying that like it's a fact." They weren't though. <laughs> they so you honestly think that they sat around the writing room and they're like, "Guys, okay, so ten to fifteen years from now, we're gonna bring Dexter back." Okay, so here's how we're gonna. Here's how we're going to set it up. No, I think what they said is, I think what they said is, in my, in the way I see it going is, leave the door open. Leave the door open. That's such a cop-out, though. Like, come up with a satisfying ending instead of, and I mean, leaving the door open, maybe they did do that intentionally because they clearly drug this show out for way too long to begin with. So, of course, why wouldn't they leave it open to bring it back to squeeze more money out of the property and there's been plenty of series finales where they left the door open right and we'll talk about them next episode when we're talking about the best and worst uh, finales of all time check that one out all right so what is what do you guys rate the show overall mine 7.1 i'll just throw it out there whoa that's high really like i would probably rate like an eight for the first, like, four seasons, right? Because here's the thing. I wanted to rate it lower, but the fact of season four, the fact of season four being so good, I had to put it at least in the sevens. Don't forget about the first season, And too. I wanted to yeah, give it 7.1, sure. right? It'd be so much higher. It'd be in the eights if it wasn't for the fucking series finale. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go even lower. Here's my rationale. Taking the two high points of the... Or the the high point and the low point of the show, let's give the Trinity Killer season slash ending... 9.9 the finale final scene uh, 0.1 and average those out to a, to a 5.1 the ending is so bad that it ruins the entire show you didn't even watch the final season you just watched the finale it doesn't matter i, I could I, have watched the last minute because like i said earlier the rest of the episode wasn't that bad like it was you not a point point what 5.1 I put Dexter at an 8.2. I 
I can't believe we have a Dexter finale apologist on our podcast. And that's why I, I put it high because I yes, there were definitely some low points in the show. And granted, I probably I've probably watched Dexter through twice, and it's probably been five plus years since I've watched it. So maybe that's weighing into it, but it's one of my favorite dramatic shows. It's one that I have a lot of good memories associated with. It was, I watched it all during a good period in my life, and I just have a lot of good things associated with it, and I think it's a great show. All right, well, that's, that's what the guys think of the show. Now, let's get into some trivia. Okay, who thinks we should skip trivia this week? 